I hope you enjoyed National Poetry Month as much as I did, but now it's May, and you may not be aware of it, but May is National Teacher Mental Health Month. Now, there's a good chance you've never heard of it because I made it up, but whatever. Let's take care of our mental health this month. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. To start National Teacher Mental Health Month, we need to lay the foundation for making ourselves mentally and emotionally stronger. This is not a quick fix solution. It's a foundation, though and it's worth your time and effort. The foundational belief of strong mental health for teachers and for anyone is the belief that you are in control. I'm not referring to being in control of your class, although that's certainly a helpful thing for mental health. I'm talking about being in control of your thoughts because ultimately it's your thoughts that create your reality, and it's how you think about yourself and your ability as a teacher that will create the atmosphere in your classroom that you want. Let me break this down for you. An event happens, any event, events could include you having a stack of papers to grade. Events are you're teaching Romeo and Juliet tomorrow, or your principal is coming in to observe your classroom, or you ate five donuts for lunch. Perhaps a student yelled at you. Maybe you got in an argument with a colleague. Maybe you adopted a puppy. These are all events. In and of themselves, they are neutral. They're not good and they're not bad. But wait, how is having a stack of papers to grade neutral? I mean, how is having how is adopting a puppy neutral? I mean... Soft little puppies. Oh, I love, I love. So how is a stack of papers to grade neutral? I'll be honest with you, I hate grading papers. Well, then why'd you become an ELA teacher? Good question. (laughs) It's the thought. I don't really hate grading papers. That was a hypothetical. Anyways, it's the thought of hating to grade papers that makes having a stack of papers negative. Your thought about grading that stack of papers causes an emotion, perhaps perhaps frustration, perhaps a feeling of dread. Perhaps a feeling that you suddenly want to watch 80s sitcom reruns. All these emotions make you feel bad. And you feel these emotions because you thought the thought that caused it. So let me go back. So you have a stack of papers. Your immediate thought might be, man, this is terrible. This sucks. I want to grade all these papers. And that thought creates an emotion. But maybe there's another thought we can attach to it. And I, and I, you might be thinking, this, this sounds awfully familiar. Well, it's familiar to me. I'm speaking from my own experience. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I got to grade all these freaking papers with all the misspelled words, there's certainly going to be students who, no matter how many times I tell them to restate and answer the question, they won't do it. So that could be my thought. But I mean, what emotion is that going to create? So how about I attach another thought to it? How about I have a lot of papers to grade because my students have done a lot of work? Something neutral. That's believable, right? Notice I didn't come right out and say, oh, I can't wait to grade these papers. I love grading papers because that's not believable. Our brain will detect our, our brain's a good BS detector. That's Bolstein. Got to keep this clean. A good BS detector. And if you start saying outright lies, like, I love grading papers, your brain's going to resist it. But when I think, hey, I have a lot of papers to grade because my students have done a lot of work. Well, that's true. There's no resistance there. Because if I have a lot of papers to grade, it's because my students have done a lot of work. And I have assigned a lot of work. I have a lot of papers to grade because I chose to assign the work. Or that's part of my job. Or once I grade these papers, we'll be real close to the end of the school year. Another way to look at it. Now, if you're listening to this in September, you know, that's probably not the best thought to have. But if you're listening to this in May, some of you are just, uh, some schools I know get out middle of May, toward the end of May. 
I don't get out of school until June, June 11th or something, whatever. So the event of having papers to grade is neutral because two people can have the same stack of papers and one could think this sucks and one could think, oh, I really feel good about doing my job. Let's see what progress my students have made. Same event, different emotions with it, different thoughts. The thought you have about that stack of papers is your choice. The thought, the thought you choose creates an emotion, negative or positive, and that brings us to our next step. So our emotions lead to actions. So let's take a look at our example of having papers to grade. Our thought to this neutral event, if negative, will lead to negative emotions such as dread, frustration, and resentment. Now, if that's your emotion, how are you going to show up when it's time to grade papers? I don't know about you, but I usually don't do a good job grading when I'm feeling resentful, frustrated, overwhelmed, and dread. If I feel this, I doubt I'm giving my best effort. And that's pretty obvious, right? If we resent the students whose papers we're grading, if we're frustrated about our job, if we're feeling overwhelmed, how? what's the quality of our grading going to be? In my case, I'm probably just trying to get it done and over with. I might even just make up grades or not grade them at all, if this is the way I'm feeling, if I've ever done this. That brings us to the next part of the process, the result. If we approach the stack of papers with negative thoughts, and we grade papers while experiencing negative emotions, the result will be inaccurately graded papers and an, and an inaccurate idea of your student's progress and how to move forward with the class, which will probably lead to more frustration, overwhelm, all that bad stuff. Let's take a look at how we can better uh, do our job. We must ask, what's the result we want? When I give an assignment, I want to know what skills students have mastered, what students need additional help, and what we need to teach and learn moving forward. So when I create a lesson, I, I'm trying to teach a specific skill and then assess whether or not students can uh, do that specific skill. This is the result I want when I assign an essay or a close reading or something that requires critical thinking. And I know I'm not going to get this result if I'm grading papers while I'm feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, so I need to backward engineer. Let's do that right now. In order to grade and assess papers in a way that will produce the results I want, results that benefit students, I need to feel positive emotions about what I'm doing. And to do that, I need to change the way I think. For example, what if I chose the thought that what I do makes a difference? If I think that and believe it, then I'm going to approach grading papers in a completely new manner. It won't be the skim through and put a number on the paper and let's get this over with style of grading. I'm going to be motivated to do a good job. But what if I don't believe that grading these papers make a di makes a difference? You ever feel that? Especially the, the final exams coming up. I, I don't know if they have them anymore. We don't at our school. But we used to have the Scantron machine. Now everything's digital. It's graded automatically. But those of you who remember the Scantron machine, we'd give all our final exams on Scantrons. I believe that was a requirement at the first couple of schools I taught at. And then you take your uh, answer key, run it through the Scantron, and then you take the papers in. And every time a question got, uh, every time the student got a question wrong, it would there would be like a click, and you send something and be click 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 click. It sounded like a machine gun shooting your soul because nobody learned a thing. Very frustrating. So I understand sometimes we don't. We might not believe that grading the papers makes a difference. Well, if you, do, if you can't believe it, then choose a different thought. It could be a neutral thought such as, I get paid to help kids read and write better, or this might make a difference, or this will make a difference to those two kids who care. What I'm trying to get at here is don't choose thoughts that are not believable. You might be at a school where you're like, man, it doesn't make a difference what I grade. I, I've been at schools like this where I'm like, this doesn't make a difference. But I would change that thought. There are, there are a couple of kids in this class. I don't know who they are, but this might make a difference. Or, you know, I get paid I get paid to do a job and I'm going to do it. Luckily, I'm at a school now where I believe it does make a difference. And I hope you're at a, in, a, in that kind of place too. 
So the same stack of papers with a with a positive thought will produce completely different results based on actually I, I, I mistake I said positive thought, but the thought doesn't even have to be positive. It doesn't have to be positive. This isn't a positive thinking mumbo jumbo say it solves every problem. Although it does annoy a lot of people, so that, that might make it worth it. The same stack of papers will produce completely different results based on how you think about them. There are other obviously other factors involved, your ability, your experience, the nature of the assignment, the students. But when you become intentional with your thought, you choose how well you do. You can maximize your ability as a teacher by, first of all, recognizing the thought. Let it sit. Maybe you have that stack of papers. Maybe you have that stack of papers and you're like, and you're just feeling frustrated and, and maybe you're feeling over, maybe you're feeling resentful because maybe they're going to, maybe you're two papers in and they're making the same mistakes that they made last week. You can just recognize the emotion you're feeling. If it's frustration, just sit with it. Just sit with that emotion. Recognize it, though. Recognition is half the battle here. Recognize it and then decide and understand you're choosing the thought that brings the frustration. That might be fine. Maybe you should feel frustrated. That's okay. But recognize what thought's causing it and then start working with that thought. Maybe there's something you could do better. Maybe grading these papers more carefully or providing different feedback or preparing a lesson a specific lesson for the 19th time maybe on this particular topic will produce results you want. So this is a good time, again, if you go in with the belief that, hey, you can make a difference, well, maybe you can make a difference. Maybe you can think of ideas to teach it differently. So let's put this to the test. You've listened to this podcast episode. Thank you, by the way. This content has been created by two people. One is a professional certified life coach who helps individuals achieve their best as a living. That would be my wife. She's a certified life coach. She is a professional life coach. She does this for a living. She does this every day of the week. She takes her job seriously because she believes she can make a difference, and she does. Now, the other person who created this podcast is someone who's taught ELA for over 20 years and has not only been coached by the aforementioned life coach, but has undergone extensive training in life coaching methods. I believe in, I believe in, in, in life coaching because it's changed my teaching career as well as other aspects of my life. Now, you might think that what I've been talking about is a bunch of nonsense. And what I've been talking about is that is, is, and again, if that's your thought, you might feel like you've wasted your time. You might even feel angry with me. You're like, what does this guy know? He's teaching in the Caribbean. Now, these emotions will cause you not to put these things into practice, and then things won't change. You'll also probably not listen to further episodes and miss out on knowledge that can change your life. Or you can think, hey, this is interesting. I'm not sure I entirely understand this, but what the heck? I'll give it a try. I'm going to change my approach. To, I'm going to change... Uh, my approach on, on certain tasks, how I approach my job maybe. And you'll come back for more episodes and get more great mental health tips this month. You might even enroll in our upcoming teacher mental health program we're offering at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. Who knows? Give it a try. It's, this takes practice. I won't, it's not like a one-night fix. So next time you have a task that you're maybe not feeling too, too good about, just sit with it. Change your thought about it. Go through the motions if you have to. Fake it, but don't fake it too much because your brain will bring up resistance. Come up with believable thoughts. All right, some takeaways. Takeaway number one, and the, the, the number one thing I want you to know this month and as far as mental health is that you are in control. Even if, even if you realize, even if you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and, res, and resentful about your job some days, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad teacher. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're mentally weak. It just means you're feeling frustrated, resentful, and overwhelmed. So sit down with that. Experience that and then get to get to the get to work on your thoughts. Change your thoughts. 
change your emotions, change your actions, change your results. So if you want to change your results, it starts with something little like your like recognizing what you're thinking and then changing that. Because your thoughts, again, lead to emotions. Your emotions lead to actions. Your actions create your thoughts and you control your thoughts. And takeaway number three, make sure your thoughts, I've said this several times, make sure your thoughts are believable. Well, I believe we're out of time for today's episode one of, now not all the podcast episodes during May will be um, Teacher Mental Health Month, but a lot of them will. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review.